Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success. When you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline, you will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. Spear. Today we're going to talk about the kingdom business and what it means to be part of the kingdom business, what it looks like, and how you can actually have a ministry and have God be the center of your business and, and as a leader. So if this is of interest to you guys, which it should be, I want to ask you guys to grab pen and paper, take some notes. And if you guys want to log in to our chat and ask me any questions, I would love for you guys to do so so we can answer them live on our call. So Holly, thank you so much for being a guest today. JR, thank you for having me. This is really fun. The last time we saw each other, we were in St. Louis for your second live um, business leadership event. And what a great weekend. Yeah, before that, it was probably like eight years since I saw (laughs) you or heard from you or even talked to you. So it was definitely a big treat. And I was like, I got to have her on my show. So um, I mean, the big thing is because you led with so much authenticity and just your message was on point where you're you're leading with a godly message, but it didn't feel like you're pushing God or Christ or anyone down anyone's throat. It's more of like, hey, this is what we're called to be and this is who it is. But you delivered in such a powerful message. And I was like, I need to have you on our show. And uh, that, that's the reason why I wanted you here today. So I appreciate you saying yes and being here and then uh, taking a step forward to actually take an action to be here. Well, thank you for saying it there. That that means a lot to me. I'm I've been around the block. I'm 50 years old this year. And, oh wow! Um, I, Still I'm, young. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the adventure <laughs> of journeying with the Lord. Um, we're always growing. We're all it's it's this never ending journey. But the adventure is so remarkable. And so to even have you say that um, the the message that I give is not um, too I, I don't know if harsh is the right word, but I want it to be delivered, wrapped up in experience and wisdom and love, because that's the God we serve, that I serve and that I follow. And um, and that means a whole lot to me. So thank you for for saying that. And that has been my um, that's uh, that's life of having things stripped, <laughs> um, wow. having victories, having losses, learning. Somebody once said our our learning comes in our failures. So I'm a. I'm a smarty pants. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, there's a quote that was told to me years ago by one of my mentors, and he says, we should live our life that requires a gospel answer. So is it, so talking about experiences, like what you just said, it's not about just telling people like, hey, this is how you need to do it, but having them actually do it from experience. And what, one thing that you did really great at was sharing it through your stories and through your experience, which is where I want to start right now. Like what, how did you get into, which I kind of know your story, but what brought you into this entrepreneur world? Right, right. No, you're very much part of my story, JR. And um, it was fun to to refer to that back in St. Louis a couple weeks ago, but It's interesting. My husband and I have been in ministry for over 20 something years. No surprise, I'm sure already to your guests. The the point that we hit when I had a four-year-old getting ready to go to kindergarten, an eight-year-old, I was babysitting a friend's six-month-old, all boys, and I was running a small retail business. And it was that was accidental. That was I had a friend. She had a shop in Little Kimswick, a town on the Mississippi. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. 
and offered me a space in her store um, just from watching our lives together. She knew that was there was a creative element in me. And at the time, it really wasn't necessarily identified as an entrepreneurial thread in me. It was just felt like a creative outlet. So I was doing all of those things when I was introduced um, this business opportunity. That sounds so cliche, but that's indeed what it was. And it was a direct sales business, which I immediately put up the walls and said, no, thank you. I don't do that type type of business because in my experience, that type of business meant you had to go to people's parties and take your, at the time, checkbook, I'm dating myself, just to buy something to support your friend. And it was more about the support of the friend than it was about the consumer or the business or the product. And um, I just, because of our role in ministry, I just didn't want to get into all that. However, when I learned about this particular type of business, it was the same business model, but it was an innovative version of it because everything was done online and all of the communication, all of the um, production and distribution all online. And it wasn't party dependent. It was truly a business model that allowed me as a business owner to have conversations with the consumer that needed this particular product and offer them my my knowledge and my service as a business owner where I could serve them. The focus became about the consumer and that got my attention. And so I said, I dove into this and I sat down with you, JR, and said, I don't know how to build a business. At the time, you had your martial arts school, you were starting your boot camp, and I was watching you scale your dream and thought, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. So you spoke words to me that now are part of my everyday life that I hadn't heard before, which was build build systems that will duplicate, that anyone can come along and find success just because you've put a system in place. And I remember sitting in Starbucks thinking, I know this is supposed to make sense, but right now I don't know what this means, but I am going to just dig in with this vocabulary and see if I can, can figure this out. And you and I had a few more meetings and um, that, that is an essential part of what came to be, which was a quickly growing, um, quite successful business. Um, your tools, plus the heart that was already built in me to serve primarily women, um, serve them and offer them my my help, my guidance, my expertise as it was coming was a critical piece. And I, I think the real conduit to the success that, that I have experienced. And um, there's a favor, of course, that comes from the Lord plugging into him, but I made a lot of mistakes along the way that were because I wasn't leaning into my relationship with the Lord. I was not pursuing his wisdom. I began to really just pursue the wisdom of men and um, there was success, but there were many mistakes because of that. And so the next level of entrepreneurship has come in my love to coach and train women in the marketplace. And what I've learned does certainly apply to men, but I, I want to work really closely with women on marriage, motherhood, and the marketplace. And um, you and I had an interesting conversation 
And um, you challenged me a little bit on, are those things separate or are they indeed one? I use the example of um, a plate of spaghetti versus a waffle. <laughs> and the tendency, and I don't want to, I'm just saying the tendency is that um, men tend to think like waffles if they're contained. And women tend to think like a plate of spaghetti. They're all intertwined. But my argument is, and still I, I stand on this, it is all intertwined. We are, especially if we have families, we are husband and or wife. We are, if we have children, we are mother and or father. Um, and then we own the marketplace and we have a position of influence in the marketplace, which we've got to have as business owners, but not at the, we, we can't get backwards. My real focus now is marriage first, motherhood or fatherhood second, and then the marketplace. And that again has come from learning, um, understanding the entrepreneurial venture, understanding how we do that without um, giving up what are disrupting what we've already built. In my case, we'd already built ministries. We'd already built this family home and I couldn't totally disrupt that. I need to figure out how to add something in. It's like when we first become parents, we have to learn how to add the kiddos into our marriage. We can't completely ignore the marriage and just, and just serve the kiddos. The best thing we can do for our kids is to um, love our spouse well and to have a strong marriage. So I see that as business too, it has to fit in to who we already are, what we already carry, what we're already called to. That was yeah. a long answer to your question, JR. No, it's okay. And then out of that long question or that response, I actually came up with three different things that I want to hit on. Uh, one is you, you, you talk about listening to men and not God when it comes to mistakes, but the, the, yes, I agree with that. But the reality is we need to go through those mistakes because, you know, I believe that God uses that so we can help other women, men or whoever going through the same exact circumstances later on. Because now that you went through it, you now can speak to that language when you and you'll be able to identify it a lot more. And be like, Hey, you need to watch for this because of this. And so I, I definitely believe that that is something that you know, was not a mistake that you went through that for a reason, for a season. So that way, when you are working with these these women to walk through the past that you're going to walk them through, you are now able to speak to it, but you're able to recognize it and be in the eyes or even the, the answered prayer that they've been asking for. So I definitely wanted to make sure that you, I'm sure you already do recognize that, but it's this every, every time when we're walking through a season, you know, especially with mistakes, like we can't see what's in front of us. I just had this conversation with uh, Brent. You met him at the event mm -hmm. and we do a discipleship call every Monday at, you know, uh, with three or four of us. And we were talking about the same exact thing is that he's going through something very challenging in his business right now. And it's like, you know what? It's a lot of times it's our prayers being answered, just not the way that we want to. It's like, okay, you're asking for certain things inside of your business. And yet God is pretty much removing people like he's dissolving within a week. He had like five employees, key employees of his business that end up quitting and leaving for no apparent reason. And, and yet I told him, I was like, you know, that's probably for a good reason because you've been asking for God to do some big moves inside of your business, especially with you and your wife. They own a big dental practice out here in Virginia. And, you know, when you ask for that, especially the timing that you're doing it all is the exact same timing that these people are being removed. So you don't know who God's going to be put in that place that's going to help, you know, fulfill the prayers that you're asking for. So definitely want to validate that for you. That's and the other thing, the other thing, sorry, I'll let you comment on it. Yeah, no, that also, I have one thing to say on that. And it's something we learned early in our marriage and has been such a helpful uh, mantra. What oftentimes feels like rejection could very well be God's protection. Oh, yeah. 
you've, we've got to, to look at it through the, the sieve and through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, because it's easy to get offended <laughs> uh. or, or feel the offense. And Scott and I were just talking about this this morning. We cannot afford as followers of Christ, as as human beings that want to add value while we're on this earth, we cannot pick up offense. Mm. We cannot pick up offense. Offense is a trap. It is a snare. And um, if we go back and we step away from the situation, we get above the situation and realize, okay, let me ask the Holy Spirit what this is all about, because it could very well be for my very own protection. And so yeah. if I pick up the fence, I'm now adding uh, fuel to, to, to a potential destruction. Yeah, I can I can literally talk for hours on my journey and path as an entrepreneur, even from a childhood and all the struggles I went through and all the stupid mistakes that I made that truly has led me to where I'm at today as a successful entrepreneur. So I can definitely test to it. We do are going to break here in about one minute, but I want to hit on two different things before we do. Uh, one, we're talking about our first conversation we had at Starbucks years ago when you've made that decision to go with uh, the become an entrepreneur, and we said systems. The crazy thing is, as you're talking about that, I'm like, my message still has not changed. And and uh, he, here's here's the the big thing: every single entrepreneur says they want to scale, but they don't understand the steps that it takes. And there's four key components that you got to really recognize when it comes to scalability. One, you got to have the right systems in place. And when you put the systems in place, it has to be duplicatable. That way you can delegate people to do those steps within the systems that eventually will eliminate you from the process so you can participate inside the business. Because unless you have the systems to be able to delegate that allows you to eliminate to from, from the business itself, you'll never be able to participate and be part of the business. Necessarily, you're always going to be inside of the business. And that's the only way that you can lead yourself to scalability. And most people usually are just trying to get to scalability, but they forget those three other components, which is the crucial pieces when it comes to scalability. Everyone says, I want more clients. I want to grow, but they don't put it in those simple steps because they immediately say, Hey, I want to help people do X, Y, Z. I want to help them coach. I want to do whatever, but are you taking the steps to actually build a system in place so that way you can have someone replace what you're currently doing which eventually eliminates you from the process. If you cannot eliminate you from the process, you will not get to scalability because you will always be part of the process. You'll always be part of the system. And if you can't get there, and maybe maybe we don't want to get there. Now, there's certain things in our job that we love to do. I'm not saying you don't have to do that, but you can participate inside of it. Your job as a leader is to lead people to do what you do so we can keep that evolution going and making sure that you're building kingdom builders, whatever it is for your, your mission, whatever you, want to, whatever you want to do. doesn't mean you have to lead or leave, but you actually get to lead. And now you're leading other people to do what you do so that way you can further God, God's kingdom. So that is one thing with systems. And then the last thing I want to say before we go to break is vision. So when you're talking about for where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do and, where you want, and, and how you wanted to do it, without a vision, you're going to fail. And so when you got into entrepreneurship and you were like, hey, you know what, this is this is the choice that I wanted to make as an entrepreneur to be able to lead, do whatever it may be. It aligned with the vision that you wanted to go and, and the path that you felt God was taking you to be able to do. But if that didn't align, it was going to be really hard for you to be as passionate, but also be as impactful as you were. Because I've seen you grow from like starting at day one, you're like the super energized woman saying, hey, I'm going to go out here, I'm going to do this, this and this. But it was more about the passion of wanting to serve people rather than just the byproduct of what you were selling. 
Mm-hmm. It was like seeing you in a room, standing in front of people and be able to to lead that. I'll never forget just going to your house while you're talking to people. And me and Natalie were there and you're you're doing your thing. I was like, man, this girl is on fire. Mm-hmm. And it was just and I'll, I'll never forget those moments just watching how your heart just poured in to the message that you were doing. But it had nothing to do about the product that you were selling. Mm-hmm. It was about wanting just to serve the people. So I wanted to leave out that we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about like what you did to actually make an impact in the world. And then we'll fall into on how to actually be, uh, you know, king, the kingdom in business and being, and, and really describe what kingdom business is. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll come back shortly. And now a word from our sponsors. Navigating the business world can be daunting. Welcome to the Business Leaders Network, a community of like-minded entrepreneurs ready to share invaluable experience. As a BLN member, enjoy dynamic networking opportunities with high-level entrepreneurs, learn cutting-edge strategies from industry experts, and gain a platform to showcase your business. Get started today for only $37, which is less than your daily cup of coffee. Join a community that can transform your business. Visit www.blncommunity.com to get started. Your success it's our mission at BLN. Let's navigate the business world together. And now back to the show. All right, Holly, I want to dive right into this where we were talking about beforehand of you taking the journey that led you to uh, be, you know, become an entrepreneur. But I want to, I want you, before we start talking about like the, the kingdom business and, uh, and what that looks like, I want you to, to really dive in about like, what, what about your vision with, as an entrepreneur, uh, really inspired you to continue this long. I mean, you're going on over 10 years with a, as an entrepreneur now, but what did you find the most effective strategy to help lead and make an impact to the people that you were able to inspire? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and um, yeah, rounding, rounding year 11. Um, wow. And, you know, it's, as we said earlier, it is a, every bit of it is a journey and it's, it's a learning journey. I think what fuels my fire is the you you hit on it earlier it's the the desire to help other people and that just that sounds like you know somebody's logo but it truly is the idea of being able to help and in my case primarily other moms build out and it doesn't that isn't this always the way it comes from your own journey like you said earlier and your own sense of um hunger or need and finding a means to that solution. And so you wanna offer it to other people. That's what you do in your coaching and in your training and what we do in life. How many times are we standing outside in in our neighborhood, chatting it up with a neighbor and we're just, this is what we're doing. We're just talking about how to solve each other's problems and love each other well. So I think it's it's the adding value. I heard, it's at Maxwell that is that talks about adding value to people through business. and. Yeah. I don't think I quite understood you. Our life has been ministry. And then, and, and I always thought in my mind, you don't mix ministry and business. <laughs> the reality yeah. is we, we, we are called to influence all of the areas that, that bring impact and influence our world. And that is ministry. That is business. That is family. That's politics. That's um, media, uh, arts and entertainment. As I look at the Hollywood sign out my window. And so the idea that we can take our our experiences, positive and negative, we hit on earlier, have learned something, turn back and help somebody who's just a few steps behind us is everything. And um, 
So in my case, too, I was in a situation where we needed to figure out how to start to bring in some additional income because we were living on a pastor's income. I had we had two boys that were just getting more expensive as they were getting older. And we wanted to do all the fun things and offer them the, the opportunity to play sports and to go on the trips with school and go to great schools. And so it, it that requires resources, and we need to figure out how to bring in some additional resources. Again, I wanted to find something that didn't disrupt our what we'd already built, which was family and ministry. So what could fit in? And then how do we fit it in? And so that became my real uh, fire, was training women to utilize the vehicle I had used, because that was the one I knew, to help them achieve what what we had, which was a way to bring in some additional income without disrupting our family and growing. That's the other thing, too. Our family grew with this business. This business grew with our family. The boys were very much a part of it. Scott was very much a part of it. We were all learning how to how to build a business together. It's some of the key teachings, I believe, for our young boys at the time. And they we made them um a part of it all. And Scott was so good at remembering to stop and celebrate. So we as a family would celebrate uh, goals that we met as as a business, as a family. At some point, Tommy got old enough that I could hire him (laughs) to do some of to delegate, like you were saying earlier, some of the things that either took too much of my time, I wasn't passionate about, or he was passionate about. So I could hire him to do some of the work with me. And um, So to know that I truly had something to offer other women that was such a massive benefit to our family on so many levels was what kept has kept me going. And then again, the the continued learning. You mentioned earlier vision. And I noticed I didn't know this beforehand, but I noticed my vision will often change with my season of life is changing. And uh, without vision, the Bible says the people will perish. Habakkuk in the Bible talks about having a vision and putting it in front of us like a vision board. And so that we remember where we're going and we remember why. And that comes with hope because without hope, we, we, we don't have, um, we don't have the energy. We don't have the excitement. We don't have, have the vision. So when the vision changes, that can be a reminder to recalibrate Um, The Bible has so many, the Bible tells us how to run our business. And I think that's kingdom business. I know we're going to hit on that later, but when we have the the vision, the Bible tells us about the vision and we know where we're going and we know what we're called to do, the purpose. So I shared in St. Louis, our family has just recently moved to LA. I mentioned, I'm looking at the Hollywood sign out this window. We moved here from Chicago in August. We did that because we had a new vision that the Lord gave us where we could take our businesses, take our family, but we are called now here to love and serve families, to be family, to model the family, because so much of the the idea and the concept of family has been obliterated in our country and where right here in L.A., And so the Lord gave us incredible purpose. And because of that vision and that purpose, whether it was when I first started and my purpose was helping moms to do what I was doing for the same reasons I did it, um, to now, 11 years later, we've raised a family, we understand family, and we're called to be family and to model family out here in LA where people have either left their families to pursue their dreams or they didn't have healthy families 
or they are in, on the front end of, of designing their own families. We want to be here to model it, to be that family, um, and to serve in that way. So because of that vision and drive, we literally sold just about everything except what you see in our little apartment right here, sold our home, dream home in Wheaton, Illinois, and um, could not have been more thrilled to make the journey out here. And now we adjust and we ask the Lord, okay, what is our vision here? Can you clarify a little bit more? How do we fit in business, family, purpose? And it's just a matter of recalibrating and asking the Lord again, okay, what does this look like? We've stepped into a new season. We're going to take our learnings, but we got to listen to you. We got to follow you or else it's all in vain. And that's what we're here to do. Yeah, vision is something that really bothered me for so many years because I never really figured out what my true vision in life was until just a, a couple of years ago. And because I, I never liked having that superficial vision. It's like, okay, when I had the martial arts school, it's like, okay, I want to help so many people get their black belts. Or when I had my boot camp, it's like, I want to help so many people lose weight and get stronger and faster and stuff like that. But it never really settled well because it always felt superficial. But there was a, I don't know if it was like three years ago, I woke up, popped out of bed. It was like 3 a.m. And I was like, that's it. Like not even thinking about business at all, but just God revealed something to me because it was just burning in me. And and I, keep in mind, I, I, I think that we get two visions in life. You get your family business for your personal life, and then you get your business vision for, for that. But for my personal vision, it was like it was really simple. Like my only and you mentioned it right here, which is family. But my only vision and purpose is to disciple my kids to be disciples of Christ. And so as my family continues to grow with number four coming here, baby number four coming here really, really soon is like I have a very heavy responsibility to really disciple them and to lead them to uh, the, the cross is ultimately what I like to say. So that is, that's a huge piece. But even when it comes to business, I like how you said that it can be recalibrated because a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck on their vision because they feel like that it has to be what they decide today for the rest of their lives. Yes. Not realizing that it can be changed and you know and calibrated and what and and fixed and for the for the different seasons what they go on because even for me like gosh my vision for my family is way different than what it was even several years ago if you would have asked me like i don't know 10 years ago i would have never said i wanted to homeschool now i'm trying to beg natalie saying we're going to homeschool our kids full-time because this is what we want to do inside of life and because for me it's so important to just be a participant inside of my businesses and what i do but also to have my family part of it and not saying they got to be part of the business itself, but allows us to actually be family because it's so easy where, you know, even if they're going to a private school, like my Jameson and uh, my or my two oldest sons, they go to a private school three days a week and they're homeschooled the other days a week. But that still limits us to what we can do as a family. Like we went to I brought them all to St. Louis. I took them all to an event in Florida just a couple weeks before that. And we had so much in trouble from school because Jameson missed two weeks of school. I'm like, it's a Christian homeschooling school, so why can't we just submit our homework? And they wouldn't let us do it. So now we're to the point where we actually have to submit letters to the school and begging them and telling them why he missed all his school and different things. I'm like, I don't want that pressure on us. And I want to be able to, if we want to say, hey, let's go to Hollywood and stay in Holly's apartment for a week or two to kind of do whatever we want to do, I want to be able to do it without our without the pressure from our kids and knowing that we're able to give our kids the family life experience. And and just so you know, I'm a firm believer that you can have even more of a social life as a homeschooler than you do in school. I mean, gosh, you can stay just as busy, if not more busy than you do in school. And you're able to you know keep control of 
what's being fed into your kids and trained. Yeah. So that's yeah. a whole nother discussion on that. But as you're hitting down on that with family and things like that, um, I do want, I mean, gosh, I can talk forever on this. Uh, we, we do got to go to the next break, but there's two things that I definitely want to come back and, and talk on. And one is we mentioned about your, your vision changing as an entrepreneur, where you are helping women using the vehicle of your business to help lead them and, and disciple them. But how can we find balance and, and bring ministry into our business without making it look like ministry, where it turns people off? Because, and the reason why I say that, I don't know how much of the coaching world that you have been seeing or involved with online and, and kind of see different trends. But I really, in my heart, I really believe that the enemy is at work, even for strong Christians and building coaching businesses, because they feel like that they have to have their business just be a Christian business, kingdom builder business. Now, unless you are training up different Christian leaders and things like that, but I, I can name you probably five different organizations and that I know that we're not even going after that, but they feel like they have to actually change their whole model and say, we are the kingdom builders on this. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, to me, it's a red flag. It's like, you just pushed away how many people that you would never been able to touch because you just labeled yourself that way versus being able to disciple and minister them through that platform, through the vehicle of what you spent majority of your adult entrepreneur life building. And now you just completely crumbled it in certain ways. Now, I hope God's blessed them in different ways. And maybe their vision has definitely changed, but I'm seeing it all over the place. And to me, I'm seeing like, man, the enemy is at work, even through these Christian industry leaders of doing it, because now it's pushing away people that would never have ever thought to come to know Christ. And now you just kind of push them when they already were in doubt about Christ. Now they want nothing to do with you or what you have to say because of the message that you've changed. So I want you to hit on that when we come back, as well as diving into, you know, the, the ministry and the kingdom and how that works. Okay. So let's stay tuned and we will be back here shortly. And now a word from our sponsors. Stuck in growth and need more time to serve your clients? Let J.R. Spear and his Creed Consulting team help. We offer a full done-for-you service, strategizing and building your program to scale fast. From video shoots to web design and automation, we've got you covered. Our expertise gives you more time to deliver the quality your clients deserve. Ready to build faster and serve better? Call us today at 314-221-9216 and let's kickstart your coaching program and build the quality of product your clients deserve. And now back to the show. All right. I want to dive right into this because there's so many things that we can nitpick and, and get into. And uh, but one thing I want to really kind of start off with is how can you or what is the good balance in between bringing ministry into your business without pushing away people? And as you like to say, is mixing business and ministry. So what does that look like to you and how how can we do this? in a very authentic and real way where we are actually able to make an impact, but not push people away who already doesn't have hope. Yeah. And you're right. You make a good point. The enemy is, is alive and well. And once, you know, our, our society even today wants to cancel um, the Christian message, the Christian voice. So, you know, we are all called, if we, if we are Christ followers, we are called to have kingdom influence everywhere we go. So that may be in the area of business, ministry, family, like I said, for arts and entertainment, politics, there's, there is what they consider, I've heard seven mountains of influence in our, in our world. And um, many, there are oftentimes we cover a couple of different mountains. Um, but what we need to, as believers, we need to have influence 
I don't, I'm not saying dominion, but influence in those areas that we're called to. And so in my case, I'm called to family, ministry, and business. And actually out here, we are uh, parenting, and I, I use the term parent, but let me say mentoring, uh, future influencers in arts and entertainment. That is who has, has turned out to be our community out here. And so how do we, this question is for us as business leaders, but it's the same question no matter where your area of influence is, because we it doesn't have, we don't just have to be in ministry to do ministry. <laughs> so yeah. that's in our, that's, that's in just the way we live. And so my very first, I want to just start by saying the, um, the, the, the secret sauce to it all is we have access to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us insight downloads strategy when we take time to be quiet and listen right i think sometimes it's the american way it's how we in business and coaching have learned and taught but it is do the things every day do the things my coach always always said do it by noon do it by noon get all your things done by noon and yes that is discipline that is skill that is excellence and we have to be skilled have to be disciplined. We have to carry excellence. But if we don't take a chunk of our time each day, get quiet before the Lord, then we're really wasting a lot of our time doing the things. When we come before him and we are listening and there's a balance, there's a balance of the word of God, truth and spirit. And if you have both in tandem and it's balanced, then you grow. Otherwise, you get wonky. <laughs> so we have to take the truth, which is God's word. So my recommendation and my practice is every day I'm reading, I'm in God's word every single day. And, and that isn't to be legalistic. That is so that my tank is full and I'm, and I'm not wonky. I'm right. And then listening to the Holy Spirit. And what happens is, even if I, during that chunk of time, wasn't doing the things I am rested, restored, and renewed and ready for the day. And most likely what I'm going to get done is multiplied because I did it according to the Holy Spirit. I plugged into the source and I got the answers that I needed for the day or, or more, but he gives us the strategy. So to answer your question, that's what we do. Whatever it, area of influence we're stepping into, when we seek the Holy Spirit, he'll tell us how to go in there and how to go in uh, in a covert sense, even where we aren't going in necessarily turning everybody off because we're jamming our beliefs down anyone's throat. We're living a kingdom life and we're living it in a way that draws people in. And it's, there's a strategy that comes with that. We have access to that. So let me give you an example. I have a really sweet friend out here. She is a, an actress, but she has created her own business where she's coaching and teaching acting lessons. And rather than talking about the Lord, she doesn't want to turn people away from her acting school. She wants access to everybody. She speaks to them about the truth because the world is seeking truth. And we know truth is comes from the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit. But she doesn't want to turn anyone away. So she just talks to them and uses terminology that they understand. But it's all infused because she carries the Holy Spirit. It's infused with the Holy Spirit. And he gave her that strategy 
to speak truth. I have another friend out here who is a tattoo artist. And when he has somebody on his table, he says, may I speak a blessing over you? Because that doesn't turn people off. Most of the, we, we're surrounded with all the religions out here. And across the board, they will receive blessing and not be offended by that because, oh, you're a, it's your faith. They're open to blessing. So he'll say, um, can I, while I'm tattooing you, are you okay with me speaking a blessing? Every time they say, yes, I would love that. Thank you. So I know there are ways that we can, when we ask the Holy Spirit, how can I get in today to that, the people group you're calling me to carry your presence with your strategy so that I'm not, Jesus didn't turn people off. People didn't like him. There were people that didn't like him, but he didn't come in um, spraying offense. So when we come in and we have the Holy Spirit strategy, then we won't turn people away. We'll draw them in. And it's the basics of the Bible is what we live out. We don't have to speak that language, but we can live that language. And that's exactly what will propel our businesses. It will multiply our businesses. When we are generous, when we are giving, that is a, that is a bottom line of the Bible is generosity. When we're generous with our business, we're generous with our lives. That is a biblical principle, but we haven't turned anybody away, right? When we serve people and we love them well, that is a biblical principle. We do that. We're not turning anybody away. We do and we live out the kingdom um, method and we're going to draw people in. We're going to end up building people up. We're going to get under their dreams to launch them without ever bringing offense. And now a word from our sponsors. Ready to elevate your coaching business and make a profound impact? Discover your roadmap in J.R. Spears' book, The Success Guide to Building Your Coaching Empire. Immerse in wisdom earned through years of successful coaching, presenting a strategic battle plan to navigate challenges and seize opportunities. Don't just survive, but thrive in your industry. Get your copy at www.jrspear.com today. Let this guide be your companion in your journey to a powerful coaching empire. Transform your business and make a bigger impact now. And now back to the show. Yeah, there's a there's a question that just came through my head, and it's like, okay, if if I was guaranteed a million dollars over the next month, and and all I had to do is follow the step by step process on how to do it, let's just say over the next twelve months, over the next twelve months, would you do it? And it boils down to what you just said. It's like the secret sauce. And it comes down to a couple of different things. Well, the secret sauce is by leveraging the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and but then also having the discipline. So if we know what the secret sauce is to be able to get to our goal, whatever that may be, why is it, and this is a question for you, why is it even as Christian leaders that we don't have the discipline to give Christ or God the time needed when we're guaranteed this outcome, but we could do it for everything else in our life. We can do it for everything else in our business. We can, we can show up to our calls. We can, I, I'm speaking this for myself as well. And it's so easily to get distracted and to say no, or even to go into the gym. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm very disciplined to get up and go to the gym at 5.30 or 6 a.m. every day if I need to, to be able to do it. But then when it comes to other things, like, ah, you know what, I'll, uh, I'll get to that later on. But why, why do you think most people struggle on when we got this secret sauce that can guarantee a success, but we don't have the discipline to actually do what it was promised. Yeah, I, I think it's because either we've had 
an experience in our in in church life, let's just call it that, that has made us weary or leery of what feels like a rule. It's legalism. And it feels like I have to do these things. And rather than I get to do these things, um, I don't think we talk much about how the Holy Spirit will offer us strategy and download because he's alive and well and and powerful. Um, I don't think that it's it's modeled or discussed. I think what's modeled and discussed is work as hard as you humanly, physically, possibly can. That's the American way. Work your butt off so that you can get this so that you can do that. And we're wearing ourselves out. We're destroying our 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 nation <laughs> and we're furthermore we're modeling really poor behavior to our children because we cannot with especially as um technology is evolving and we're bombarded with more and more and more and more we cannot sustain this we and we don't speak of rest it's not allowed we are not worthy of it i my stepmother-in-law grew up in jamaica and it was a practice it was part of their culture that every day they took time in the middle of the day for rest. It was a regular part of their routine of their lives that they go get a massage. And we see that as a luxury. We don't allow rest. Even when I was a new mom, Scott would come home from work and I felt like I needed to tell him what I got done all day long. Here's what I accomplished. And the reality is rest is an essential part of our creation. So our creator will use that rest to speak to us to build into us, to strengthen us so that we can go do what we're called to do. But all of our resources come from him, including strategy and rest. We just don't talk about that. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, rest is a big crucial thing, but it also rest allows you to be quiet and to hear. That's so exactly which, it. It isn't sleep, but yeah. we need that. It's rest. It's resting before the Lord, resting our minds, letting all the things that worry us go for a minute and receive. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I look back on this now and I laugh about it, but I'm like, well, going back to what I said in the beginning of our call, like sometimes we go through these trials to, to teach us a lesson. And, you know, towards like a year after COVID happened, I got COVID really bad and it, uh, it actually put me in the hospital. And even the doctors didn't think I was going to make it. I was in the hospital for over a week. So me and Natalie both had COVID at the same time. So she's home with three kids by herself. While she has COVID, the kids are all sick and I got COVID really bad and I'm at the hospital with like wires all over me and not even be able to breathe because I ended up getting COVID pneumonia in both lungs. And yeah, it was, it was really scary. But I, I laugh about it now because I'm like, I really think that God had me go through that to get me to stop and rest because I was not moving and my body was shut down. And I think that's why I got it so much worse than like everyone else is because I was going a million miles an hour. Um, my business was at the peak point that it has been at that time. And now since I learned rest, I learned how to, to actually deliver, you know, passing these off to him as much as I can now and just, uh, which I could always do better, but you know, I'm, I'm much further along where I am now than where, even where I was then. But at that point I was doing really, really well. And, but I wasn't stopping and I wasn't giving them the time. And when I was in the hospital, I didn't know morning from night or whatever. You're in this dark room the whole time. And, didn't know if I was going to wake up or what, but it was kind of, it was that time where it's like, Hey, you know what, if you're not going to rest, I'm going to force you to do it. And no, he, he, he knows how to put me in place. So. He's a good enough father. Cause you think about JR, you're a good father. And if you saw one of your kiddos 
doing something that was going to lead them to harm, running into the middle of the street. You're going to do whatever it takes to stop your child from running into the middle of a street because you see what's ahead. He's a good enough father that he'll put some of those guardrails in place for us. He'll put us down. <laughs> he'll, I don't believe he, I don't believe he brings sickness. I actually, I don't yeah. believe that he will use it. So he used your COVID because he spared you. He, he, he didn't allow your life to end. He can, he carried your life, but he gave, he was good enough to use that time to give you rest. And here's, yeah. here's a key phrase for, to, to even solidify what we're saying right now. And I, I just learned this. I just learned this a year ago, but I say this over and over. God is the responsible one. And if we are followers of Christ, we've got to believe that God is the responsible one. We believe that we ultimately are responsible for everything. We're responsible for our family, we're responsible for our finances, our children, our marriage, our the world. God is the responsible one. He's responsible. And when we can finally understand that and get our heads around that and surrender that, him being responsible doesn't mean that we don't do anything. Him being the responsible one means that we align with him, do what he's asking us to do, and he will figure things out. He will go ahead of us and he will figure things out. He is a good father. He is alive and well. He sees and knows our, our needs, our heart's desire. He's already walked it out for us. He's the responsible one. So he allowed you rest while he took care of everything, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what? I learned how good of a systems I had in place and everything that was going on. I was like, my whole business ran, my clients are being taken care of, and I didn't have to worry about a thing. So it just showed me that I was able to walk away and everything was going to be okay. Um, so it, uh, yeah, it was definitely powerful for what you said. And and it, it's a good reminder for me and all the listeners out there, just just knowing like where, where our discipline needs to actually be, be at. And I, uh, you know, something that I've been challenged with for the past couple of years is the level of focus because it's so easy to put our business ahead of everything else. And kind of in the order where you talk about with like your pillars being ministry, family, and then business. And I look at ministry being God, then your family, and then your business. And I've always unintentionally, I would always say I put God first to my family first, but unintentionally, it was always business, then family, then God. And it was completely always backwards for me. And I've been really striving hard to really make that switch. And and I put things in place inside of my business that really allowed me to be able to do it. And I, I love it. I'm working with less clients who I who I enjoy seeing and talking to on a regular basis that become great friends and and being able to serve the way that I want to serve and have conversations like this because I, I just I'm only going to work with people that I love to work with. So when you make that switch and that discipline, it's huge. Um, we did skip through our last break and we got about four minutes left before or three and a half minutes before we end. But I do want you to hit on really quick on the last thing, talking about making God your CEO. So if you can take about two minutes or yeah, so how to make God our CEO and just kind of uh, talk about that before we actually, you know, call, you know, close the show. Yeah, it exactly what what I was just saying, really, it's getting our it's getting our downloads our plan, our strategy, our systems, you know, you just spoke to the, you just affirmed the systems that the Lord gave you to begin with that sustained you through a, a difficult time. And um, so when we place him in, in that proper alignment, our lives just go better. We are, we get more done in less amount of time. 
we can be more efficient, more effective, um, more available because he's given us the strategy. And, you know, you in your systems, you are you're equipping and empowering people. Otherwise, you're saying I'm the star of the show. If, if JR is not around, things don't happen. And you putting systems in place that you use the word delegate, it's delegating, but it's equipping and empowering people to step into the positions you're in because you're building into them, right? And that's that's kingdom. <laughs> that's kingdom. That's making God our CEO means we're doing kingdom work on this earth. Um, it says um, in the Bible, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's right now. That isn't one day. That is right now. Bring your kingdom to earth. And how do we do that? It's by accessing his downloads, his strategy, his truth, and his word every day. He wants us to be completely dependent on him. And that's hard for us because we want to be self-dependent. But what happens is when we depend on ourselves and we're self-made, who gets the credit in the end? We do. We do. Yeah. If he and and but if we want it to have an outcome that is impossible, the outcome is supernatural, the outcome is miraculous, he gets the credit. And he wants to work with us, partner with us, so that we get to be a part of this crazy adventure. But he gets the glory in the end, not us, because we're we we tend to be self-made self-sufficient and give ourselves the credit in the end, but it's far less of an outcome when we do it our way. It's a much more explosive, <laughs> impactful, globally impactful um, storm, miraculous storm when we do it his way. Our choice, he gives us free will, but when we do it his way, which is just plugging in to the source and listening, and we're, there's an allowance, again, he's a good father, there's allowance to make mistakes, and to learn from them and to walk, turn away from them and to grow as a result. And the outcome is always better, always, because he's a good father. You're a good father. You know what that looks like. You're raising yeah. young men and women. You're not raising children. And we are no longer children. We get to approach the father like with that childlike faith. He tells us to do that, but he wants to grow us with him, with our dependence. Yeah on him that's so good we got about 10 seconds then they're gonna cut us off with some music in about five seconds but this is absolutely amazing thank you holly thank you for listening to the daily creed we hope you enjoy for more connect with us at www.blncommunity.com that's www.blncommunity.com we'll see you here next time